you know, as I said earlier, it's always so great to see the kids up here. I mean, I, you know, I just, I just love it. And I know you love it too. And, you know, we see them up here. And as you see them in the hallway, what I'd invite you to do is kind of, you know, take a moment, just let them know how much, you know, how special they are to you and, and how much they, they mean to you. And say, hey, you know, blessings on the year ahead. And, and, and if you want to go a little step further, you know, a good conversation starter with, a, with one of our children, you could always work like this, you know, like, what's your favorite subject? You know, that's, that's a good way to kind of connect with the kids. What's your favorite subject? Do you, do you remember when somebody asked you that question growing up? What your favorite subject was? You remember your answer? Uh, some people do, yeah, yeah. It was like math or music, or maybe it was art or, or science or like lunch, or recess. You know, I mean, I've heard, I've asked the question, I've gotten the answers, you know. I mean, they kind of, they go through the whole range of, of, you know, kind of what's your favorite subject. But here's two things that I'll bet you about your answer to your favorite subject. First of all, it was something you did well in. It was something that you did well, maybe you really excelled in. You know, your favorite subject, something you were good in. And second thing I'll bet you about your favorite subject is it's something you loved to learn about. That you had a willingness to learn that. It was something where you had to want to, where you say, you know what, I, I love music, and so what I want you to do is teach me you know, how to sing that note or how to, to play that phrase on the piano. If you love English, you know, show me, teach me how to use words to, to make beautiful poetry. Or maybe if you're a mathematician, you know, teach me, show me how to use that formula to, to solve this problem. You know, there's a willingness there with the things that are, that are our favorites. You know, there's that willingness. And this morning, what I want to do is say, you know what, that willingness and that excellence, that willingness and that doing something well, that there's a correlation there. It's no accident that those two things go together. Because you tell you, when we have the want to, when we have the willingness to learn, what we find is that what that leads to is accomplishing something and doing it well. And so what I want to do is bring those two things together, I invite you to bring those two things together this morning as, I, as we think together about teachability. Because that's what I want us to think about together this morning is teachability. You know, when we talk about abilities, a lot of times we think abilities as, as skills and talents. You know, you have an ability in music, so you have a, a skill to be able to sing or to play, or perhaps you have an ability in math, and so you can solve those hard equations, or maybe you have a, an ability of, in science, and you can, you can figure out and, and know about those things about the body or about the world, and so you begin to, to say, you know what, I've got those talents, I've got those skills, I've got those abilities, but when we talk about teachability, I don't want to think about simply an aptitude, but I want to think about teachability as an attitude. And when you think about teachability as an attitude, all of us can have that attitude when we approach life. All of us can approach life with that sense that, you know what, I've got something to learn. I've got a ways to grow. I need to be shown something so that I can, can develop and become. And so that teachability 
is a way that you and I can begin to claim that gift that God gives to each and every one of us. And it is an essential gift. I believe it's an essential gift if we are to live into the life that God has for us in Jesus Christ. Teachability. And so I think that's where the psalmist finds himself this morning. As he starts out the psalm, he says, teach me, O Lord. Teach me, O Lord. You know, I look at the O Lord part of that, and I think, okay, the psalmist is talking to God. You know, what subject is God good in? What's, what's God's favorite subject? And I think God's favorite subject is life. From beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, what I read is God's favorite subject is life. And in Genesis, what God does is God picks up a bunch of clay, breathes into the clay, the breath of life. And then God takes human beings and puts us in the garden, it says, with the tree of life. And so you see how the whole story begins there and how the whole story continues from that point. You go all the way to the end of the Bible, to the last chapter of the Bible. In the last chapter, what happens here is the river of life that flows from the throne of God by the tree of life that bears its fruit in its season. And they open up the book of life and you begin to read that, you know, I mean, it's about life, it's about life. And you see it over and over. And so what you begin to say is, you know, when he's talking about teach me, O Lord, he's asking to be taught about life. And you know, God, I think, majors in life, both on the grand scale, and on the very specific scale. Because God is not only interested in life in general, God is interested in life in personal, in you, specifically. And that's what Jesus is about. When Jesus came, Jesus was about God coming to people, to individuals, to you, and to me, to show us means to live life well. Teach me, O Lord. Teach me, O Lord, because I've got something to learn. I've got something to learn every day. Everything we experience, every event we face has something to teach us. And so to approach it in that way, we begin to ask, Lord, there's something I need to learn here about life. Well, if, if something's successful, I need to know why it's successful. And I need to learn the lessons of humility that go along with success. And if it wasn't successful, I need to understand, you know, kind of what just happened and what was my role in it. So I need to learn. Teach me and show me. I need to learn because I know when, my, when I learn, my life just goes better. When I look at life every day as I've got something to learn today, I'm always learning something each and every day. Life just goes better. Teach me, O oh Lord, about someone else. Because, you know, everyone you meet and everyone I meet, each one of those people has something I need to learn. So teach me and show me what I need to learn from them. And what that does is that helps expand our world your world, to the people you meet. Teach me and show me, O oh Lord, in the experiences of my life about myself, so that I might grow in self-awareness, so I might grow deeper in understanding about me and about how I engage in life in the world.
Teach me, O Lord, about you, about what it means to follow God and God's grace in the life of the world. And, and then, God, that's how I grow in faith. And then teach me about all those things together, about others, myself, and, and you, O oh God, in ways that, that I begin to understand. And when you put those three things together, that's what it means to learn about life. Teach me, O oh God, each and every step of the way, because I want to be a lifelong learner. That's what the psalmist says. I'll observe it to the end. Kind of roll back there, Bill, just real quick. 33. Anyway, the end of that verse, I'll observe it to the end. <laughs> you know, I'm a lifelong learner. That's what I want to do. And then even as I want to learn each and every day, Lord, I want to go deep in the learning. I want the learning not only to be about what, I want it to be about why. And so the psalmist says, give me understanding. You know, what understanding does is it's second level learning. And, and you and I know that it goes to the logic of things, about why things are the way they are. He says, yeah, there we go. Give me understanding. Give me that understanding so that I can go deep and I can begin to understand that the logic of life, the logic of life is love. That's the way life works well. That's the way it works best. I think that's why God says, love the Lord your God, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor, even as you love yourself. I mean, the stress over and over again is love because love is the logic of life. And so the psalmist says, you know, give me that kind of deeper understanding so I can observe it with my whole heart. It's about the heart. Teachability is mine, and it's about the heart. And then it's also about the feet. And I love this next verse because what it says, lead me in your paths. Because what happens with our learning is we want our learning not only to be abstract and theoretical, we want it to be practical and existential and experiential. What we want to do is want to take what's happening in our heads and be able to see how it works its way out in the world. And the psalmist says, that's the kind of learning that I need. And I tell you, last week, I, I just delighted last week when our students stood up before us and they talked about their mission trip. And as they talked about the mission trip, they began to share about their experiences. And as they share about their experiences, you know, they say, hey, we're out there. We're doing the Lord's work and they're, they're learning what it means to be the servant that steps out to share to serve and to work for others. And that is a learning. That's a learning. It's a learned behavior. And they learn what it means to begin to cross those barriers about crossing racial barriers and crossing socioeconomic barriers and being able to say, well, that's what the kingdom is about. And that's learning. And then they be able to begin to learn to understand that that's the way that God's love flows in and through them. I tell you, that's practical learning. That's existential learning. That's a pathway. You know, in theology school, they used to call that integration. Theological integration. Lord, lead me in your paths. And so as the psalmist begins to talk about teachability, he says, I want to be open to, to learning on all those kind of levels and all those kind of ways. And as I do that, know. Know that when it comes to teachability, there's going to be some turning points. There's going to be some turning points. And here are the turning points that he outlines this morning. The first thing, one of the turning points is what we understand be valuable in life. 
He says, when you begin to walk down this path, you, it begins to shape how you look at life and what you understand is valuable in life. And so he says, what I need, you know, God, turn my heart deeper into your truths. And as you turn my heart deeper into your truths, turn my heart in a way that I begin to understand that what's valuable is not, he says, self, uses the term selfish gain. But, but the way I like to look at that is that what's valuable is not piling up more stuff for me. That we say more in relation to life. It's not about more stuff. It's about more of God. It's about more of God's truth. It's about more of love. And that's how we really begin to grasp hold of what it means to do life well. And so that's one of the turning points. He says, turn my heart in that way. So I begin to understand life in that way. And he says, turn my eyes, focus my attention in ways that I begin to see that when it comes again to what's important in life and what's valuable in life, he says, turn my eyes from Vanities, And when I, I read that word vanities, the way I translate that is I, I just translate it as shiny things, you know? I mean, turn my eyes from shiny things. Because here's what happens with shiny things. You know, and when our lives get wrapped up in just shiny things, and, and that's what it all becomes, there's a shallowness in shiny things. We just don't go deep enough when it comes to shiny things. And the other thing about shiny things, and I'm not a fisherman at all, but here's what happens when I go fishing. You know what I put on the end of my line? Guess what? A shiny thing. Y'all use lures? You throw them out? Because you know, <laughs> fish will strike on that. It's, it's the shiny thing. And so what he says, you know, Lord, Lord, turn my eyes from focusing on that and turn my eyes to the substantive, to the deep. What life is all about, turn my eyes to your promises, because that's where he's driving. Because what happens in, in the promise of God, the promises of God are the way that, that God's love takes on form and shape in the midst of our lives. And that's what a promise of God is. It's about God says, I love you, and this is the way that that love's going to come forward. And so what I want to invite you to do is to, to receive it as a promise and to live into it as a promise and begin to find the way that that promise begins to shape you as a person. And the way it begins to, to create in you that sense of doing life well. So he says, what I need you to do, Lord, is I need to, to turn you. I want to ask you to turn me into those promises. And I love that last line. It says, for those who fear God. Fear God means to have an awe for God. It means to say that God is awesome. It means to say as we live into those promises of God, what we begin to discover is the awesomeness of God. Says, concern, confirm your servant in that way. Build up that sense of how awesome God is in our lives. And not only does he ask for us to be confirmed in the promises, he asks us to also be turned away from the things that threaten those promises. And this next line goes like this. To turn away the disgrace that I dread. And, and here's the way I translate disgrace that I dread. Save me, Lord, from doing stupid things. Y'all ever prayed that prayer, Lord, save me from doing stupid things? I, I have done stupid things. I don't know if you've done stupid I have. And here's part of what I've learned about doing stupid things. You don't have to be a stupid person to do stupid things. You don't. At least I hope not. <laughs> you, know, you don't have to. You can be a smart person and do stupid things. But here's when I do stupid things. I do stupid things when I feel... That I'm smarter 
than God. That's when I do stupid things. When I say God is good, but I know better. When I decide to live my life outside the logic of God's love, outside the logic of what it means to follow Jesus Christ, what I begin to find out is the road gets really bumpy. It gets really hard because I'm living outside of the way that God designed life to be. I'm living outside of the way that life works well. And so the psalmist says, you know, Lord, you know, turn me away from that. Save me from the disgrace I dread. Turn me back in to your promises and what it means to be your person. You know, as we talk about teachability, I can't pass up a message on teachability without lifting up the scriptures. Because, you know, as I preached this message this morning, it's about learning about life firsthand. You know, about you looking at your life and saying, Lord, I want to be teachable. Teach me the lessons that come out of my experience day in and day out. But I also want to tell you, you can learn about, the, you can learn about life firsthand. But when you pick up this book and you hold it in your hand, it is the best textbook of life that there is. It's the best textbook about life that there is. And the reason I say that is when you open up this book, what happens is you begin to read. And what you'll start reading about is person after person after person after person in life after life after life after life. And you'll begin to see how people live life. And you'll begin to see how some of them do it well. And you begin to see how some of them don't do it so well. And you'll begin to see how they live within the context that their lives are shaped by the precepts, the commandments, the decrees, the ordinances, all those things that we just read about in Psalm 119. You'll see how people integrate that and how they look at life to what they think is valuable about life, to their understandings of life, to their paths of life. You'll begin to see how that works out in people's lives, and the Bible opens up that to all of us. And so I'd always want to encourage you. In Bible study, whether it be personal Bible study, we have Bible studies in Sunday school, we have Bible studies in big, we got, I'm pushing Bible study this morning as part of this message. Because this is the way, in this book, you learn how to do life well. It's a good book for that, and it is a great book for learn, learning how to live with a great God. Because this is the book where we begin to learn what it means to live life with God in Jesus Christ. This is the source. This is the original read. And what the psalmist says this morning says, I long for your precepts. I long to live in your righteousness because that's what gives me life. So I want to hold that up this morning. I want to encourage us to think about how we are learning and growing in terms of being in God's scripture. You know, I want to close with this. Y'all have heard of Dr. Phil? Y'all kind of semi-familiar with Dr. Phil? I mean, he's one of my favorite pop psychologists on the, on the television. This is great. And he's a guy that built his whole career, at least as I can figure out, on one phrase. Maybe more than one phrase. But here's the phrase that I know. How's it working for you? Y'all know that phrase? How's it working? I mean, that is a great phrase. That's a good question to ask. How is it working for you? How is life working for you? 
How's life working for you? As you think about all the facets, as you think about all the things you're going through, how is life working for you? And I want to share with you, friends, life can work well. Life can work well. It starts out with this phrase. Teach me. Teach me, O Lord, because in your ways you give me life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks that you are a God who does not leave us to ourselves to learn about life, but you are a God who lives and moves and works by your spirit in ways that you would guide us into the truth that you open to us in your word, that you share with us in Jesus Christ, the eternal word, the word made flesh, that we would learn together as your church, and that we would grow together in as a people of faith. And so, Lord, we come to you with that heart, that want to, that willingness that says, teach us. Teach us that we might be those who grow evermore to be the people you would have us to be, shaped by your love, living into your life. In Jesus Christ, our Lord, whose name we pray. Amen.